stumbled onto the sleeping giant. Let's broaden our minds. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sleeping Giant Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Marcotte, and I'd like to say thank you for joining me once more. We've got another Funko Pop-centric episode for you this go-round. I haven't been as active in the collector circuit recently, apart from comic books, but I have picked up some cool pieces that I'd like to share with you. Also, I've got an awesome guest that will be featured on this episode, a fine fellow and collector from Missoula, Montana, Mr. Daryl Anderson. He's a bit of a heavy hitter, and I think y'all will be both impressed and entertained by what he's got to say. Y'all go on and get comfy now, because we are about to begin. Right off the bat, I'd like to thank everyone that participated in our Target-exclusive Funko Pop solo giveaway. Congratulations again to Mark V from Instagram for winning that sweet pop vinyl. We'll be doing quite a few more pop giveaways in the near future, so stay tuned. And when I say quite a few, what I really mean is weekly, so y'all better watch out. May 25th. May 25th saw the release of Solo in the cinemas across the U.S., so if you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. I know that it's not seeing the numbers that we're used to seeing from a Star Wars film, but that is okay. Um, I reckon some of us were a bit hesitant to begin with, and more than some of us were left embittered by The Last Jedi. I'm here to tell you, Solo was a whole lot of fun, though. Uh, Both Alden and Donald were more than believable as Han and Lando. Amelia Clark was fantastic. Woody Harrelson never disappoints. Now, I don't want to say too much about it, because we will be talking about Solo in the next episode. Um, I just want to say that you won't be disappointed by it on account of uh, Solo being a weak film. And that ending? Holy dog. Anywho, I wanted to chat a bit about some of my recent acquisitions because it's been a while since I went pop hunting in earnest. Um, All of my latest have been from Funko's recent Saga line of pop vinyls. I know I've mentioned before that Saga, from creators Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, is one of my all-time favorite comics, and the sculpts and coloring on these pops in particular are delicious. Right now, I've got our central heroes, Alana and Marco. Alana is packing heat, of course, and is sporting a hipster haircut and a saucy little pose, hand on the hip, you know. Marco is armed with a blade and a fistful of fire, blue fire to be specific, and I'm loath to say it, but he's likely to be the least impressive pop from the line because... The cuteness of the design actually betrays the character's ferocity, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I urge you to pick up Saga, start with the first book, and just read it, because it's it's amazing. Like any good sci-fi, it's going to take a minute to kind of get into uh, the world, um, the atmosphere. You know, it, it can be a little off-putting, like any good sci-fi, um, but once you're in it, once you've absorbed it, you know, it's it's just, man, it's so cool. Uh, but the Prince Robot the Fourth, that particular pop is present, of course, and it's not hard to appreciate the cool sleekness of his television set noggin. The Will, an intergalactic bounty hunter slash hired killer, has the most muted sculpt of the line, but the color scheme of his outfit really shines, more than making up for a lack of accessory or unique sculpt. It makes a striking attention to detail from Funko, and for lack of a better expression, it really pops. Now, my absolute favorite from this set has got to be the Hot Topic exclusive Isabel. Isabel is the snarky, 
specter that serves as the soulbound nanny to Marco and Alana's daughter. Um, that uh, I would say that she's the most colorful pop from that line, and she's unique in that her body is severed at the waist, leaving meticulously arranged entrails hanging from the figurine. Also, as Isabel is a free-floating, full-torso vaporous apparition, the pop comes with a kind of clear stand to simulate a ghostly mid-air hover, which I think is really cool. And uh, if you saw it, I bet you would think that it was cool too. Next up is Lion Cat. Uh, Lion Cat is the ever-faithful, no-BS sidekick to the will. And Lion Cat's sculpt is reminiscent of an ancient Egyptian statue almost, as the character herself resembles a giant sphinx cat with blue-green skin and yellow eyes. I have the Barnes & Noble exclusive also, which is pink. Now, you may recall that during a flashback in the comic, Lion Cat's mother is shown as pink, as well as one of her siblings, so perhaps it's based on one of those or the other, or maybe both, I don't know. Um, I've also got the preview exclusive Bloody Variant, which is the same as the, uh, the regular Lion Cat, just with a little blood around the mouth, which mm, is almost not worth it, but again, I love me some Lion Cat. Um, I've also got the Painted Books A Million exclusive. Um, it's uh, actually a, a solid gold, uh, well not literally, but a painted gold Lion Cat. Uh, and while that is completely unnecessary, I still love me some Lion Cat. Now, the only variation I don't have is the ECCC exclusive glow-in-the-dark variant, but rest assured, she will be mine. Now, I did almost forget, I do have also the black-suited mourning uh, Prince Robot the fourth, um, who is wearing his, his black mourning attire. And uh, after an injury he sustained, his, his face screen is actually cracked, and that's shown in the pop. It's a really cool variant. Um, really, it's a sexy pop, but I will say I am a little bit disappointed with mine because I picked it up as a shared spring convention exclusive from Barnes & Noble, but um, when I picked them up, the con sticker was missing from all of the Prince Robot the Fourth pops that were available to me. Now, I know the ones on Barnes & Noble shelves now that you can find do have a sticker, but I really don't feel like shelling out more dough. Rumor does have it the the uh, Prince Robot the Fourth in Morning was supposed to be the Chase variant from that series, which would make a lot more sense considering the color scheme and cracked screen and whatnot. But it is said, and by that of course I mean amongst folks on Reddit and what have you, uh, that Funko may have switched it uh, to a shared exclusive at the last moment. And that, in turn, left the blood splattered The Will as the chase variant, which is, is, is just lame, because a simple blood splatter with no change in sculpt clothing or color does not a chase variant make. Now, you may say, hang on, wait a minute, what about your lion cat? To which I will reply, I love me some lion cat. Anyway, it is all good. It's all good. I'm still quite happy with them, and I'll be posting photos on uh, both Facebook and Instagram of the pops that we were just talking about and uh, make sure you check them out. All right, y'all, it's time to get into our guest spot for the Sleeping Giant podcast. Our guest, Daryl Anderson, is a mega pop collector and a member of the Collector Zone Cantina on Facebook. If you are fans of collectibles, especially those from Funko, I recommend that you join the Cantina group on Facebook. Marcos Matajevic, a gentleman that I have mentioned before in other episodes, as you may recall, and if you don't recall, I suggest you go back and listen to those earlier episodes. 
as he and his colleagues are constantly at work to bring us the latest and greatest from companies like Funko, Mezco, NECA, just to name a few purveyors of uh, really awesome figurines and collectibles that work with Collector Zone. So get on it. Y'all tell him I sent you. You know how that whole thing works, okay? Now, without further delay, let's get into our conversation with Daryl. Daryl, you there? Yes, I am. Hey, very cool. I am. I'm very glad that uh, we're finally able to get together. It seems like it's kind of been a minute. Yeah, a little bit. Well, you know that, and that's one of the things about having guests and podcasting that I've discovered is, you know, life life just has a way of happening, and uh, sometimes you you know it's just it's hard to pin these things down. Right, and it definitely gets busy when you've got uh, kids in high school. So yeah, absolutely. I, I've uh, I've got a four year old daughter myself, so. I can only imagine uh, the plural version of that and, and older, of course. Sure. We're going to do something a little different today, and uh, I'm, I'm very pleased that you could be here because this is actually the first time that we are doing uh, what will be and develop into the Cantina Spotlight with Collector Zone. So this is this is a first, and I'm I'm very happy that we're doing this. And uh, I just want to say I feel very honored with the uh, over 600 members that I was chosen to be the first. Yeah. <laughs> so how how long have you been a how long have you been a member of the Collector Zone Cantina? Um, I'm not sure the exact date, but I would guess probably about a year and a half to two years. I was uh, actually on eBay looking for a specific item and. Uh, Marcos, of course, and the cantina sells on eBay sometimes as well, and I clicked on it and bought it, and he asked if I was a collector, and I said I was, and he invited me aboard, and the rest is history. Yeah. Marcos is very cool in that way. Um, a lot of sellers don't seem to want to communicate with their buyers, uh, even you know through eBay and and that was one of the first things I noticed about Marcos. So that is very cool. Um, yeah. So what what were you looking for? What what was it that you were buying? Um, it was the uh, Mountain King exclusive San Diego Comic Con. So those San Diego Con exclusives are uh, they can be somewhat elusive, I know, especially for those of us yeah. who don't live on the, <laughs> on the west side of the country. Uh, so you, um, I know, and briefly in talking with Marcos, you are you're a big pop collector too, as well. Is that is that correct? That is very true. Um, we collect mostly the normal vinyl pops. Uh, uh, love the rock candy. And on the Dorb's end of it, we pretty much just stay with exclusives and store exclusives. Yeah, I could see that getting out of hand pretty quickly otherwise. <laughs> yeah, already is. <laughs> what is uh, what's your favorite rock candy? Um, you know, the new ones that just came out that they're just previewing, the Harley Quinn is absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, out of all of them that I have right now, though, I really like the Disney line, the Cruella DeVille, the Maleficent, the um, Jessica Rabbit's really cool, all of those. Yeah, I just recently saw the Harley Quinn myself, and I am I am pretty impressed with that one, too. How many uh, pieces would you say that you've got uh, from the Rock Candy collection, specifically? Um, on the Rock Candy end of it, I'm probably sitting right in the 50 to 60 range. And uh, how about pops? <laughs> Over three thousand. Wow. Okay, so I guess we're not going to go through an itemized uh, list in that particular case. But if you had, if you I had, I can a... tell you this. <laughs> I can tell you that I'm sitting on 147 chases. 
I'm three chases wow. away from 150. Wow. Okay, so did you just decide that that was something you wanted to do, or how how did you develop uh, 147 chase collection? Well, my son, who's a freshman in high school, uh, was actually the person that got me into it. We started with uh, trying to complete all the Skylanders when they were out, and then kind of got into the Funko deal, and it's actually more of a bonding thing for Mason and myself. We, we love to go out and try to find them. Uh, and somewhere down the road, our goal is to open up our own collectible shop. Very nice. I know that that is uh, uh, oftentimes the kind of final result or final goal for a lot of us, it seems like. True. So how did you um, how did you get into collecting? How did that uh, you say you it's sort of a vehicle for bonding with your son? How did that come about? Um, you know, when I was a kid, I used to collect be typical. You know, I'm 51, so typical early 70s, mid 70s, used to collect all of the sports cards, and that was something I did with all of my brothers. I'm the youngest of seven boys, and I just wow. really felt a connection there with all the brothers and. So as my son and my seventh grade son as well, uh, Holden, as they got older, we just kind of started collecting little things. So we have pretty much like all the Skylanders. We have tons of Legos. And then we just kind of rolled into the pops end of it. And I think the biggest thing for us is the thrill of the hunt. Oh. You know, like when you, when you used to open up a baseball card pack and you found that one exclusive card, that's what we're always out there for in and it's almost like a battle between him and me because he'll sneak out with his mom and go find ones and then come back and go, ha ha, look what I found. <laughs> right. No, I, I understand. Absolutely. It, it, there is something about the hunt. It's almost almost better than actually finding uh, or not finding, but uh, almost better than ending up with that item that you were looking for to begin with. Yeah, for sure. So can you remember what your first collectible was Um can you remember anything in particular that you received or that you found when you were a kid and you thought, this is it? Um, you know, I, I really watched my brother grow up and collect all the evil Knievels. And that was probably the first thing that, I, that hit me on collecting and my brother with their sports cards. So there wasn't just one specific item, mm -hmm. but there was uh, – that genre of all of that different things and watching watching how excited they were made me excited to want to do it right now that's that's extremely cool now um um i would think that is that something that uh your son's kind of gravitated towards naturally oh yeah for sure uh it's i don't want to say it's genetic but it kind of seems that way sometimes <laughs> no i i'm completely with you on that point i think i might have uh I might have bred a little collector myself, and it's got me extremely uh, financially concerned. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <to say> <laughs> <healthy>. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how – how I want to go back to the pops because that's pretty – Sure. You know, that's pretty outstanding. Um, the, the number is impressive to say the least. So when did you first come upon Funko Pop Vinyls? Um, how, how did that come about? When did you notice that? Um, you know, it never really – was something that I was looking at until that very first time that we went into like a GameStop or something. And it was more Mason. He, he knew about it and he really liked them. And 
we picked some up, and then as the Hastings shops were closing down, we started picking up some more, and then it wound up being like, oh, well, we got to finish this complete set, which, by the way, is sometimes virtually impossible. Right. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, it just kind of snowballed and turned into um, not only a fun bonding thing, but almost a, a challenge, a competitive spirit between us. Now, at what point did you realize that it was becoming something more than just grabbing a pop here and there? Oh, probably within the first couple of months. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, for sure. <laughs> there's something – man, there's just something about those things. They're so quaint. I remember the and, first time. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, the design on them, the way that they create them, and they're getting better and better every time with some of the looks. Oh, it's yeah. just – it's almost – it, it truly is a collectible. It's like you know a figurine, and you and you don't want to take it out, and then you get that mashed up box, and you get all upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but never from the cantina. <laughs> Marcos is very good about sending all of that, and boy, the way they pack. And if there's ever an issue, I send them a message, and and it's resolved within minutes. That's awesome. So, is there a line of pops that you're more partial to? Um, you know, I'm a Looney Tune guy. I, I absolutely love every Looney Tune I can get a hold of. Um, I have the Speedy. I have a couple Speedy Gonzaleses. Probably my most prized Funko out of them all is the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, Bucks Bunny. Oh wow! Yeah, and I actually got lucky enough to get a second one of those in a mystery box deal, and so I actually have two of those. But they're they're definitely my pride and joy. What line was that released by? That was a uh, Toy Tokyo San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, and it's a 850-piece. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a Looney Tunes, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Bucks Bunny, and it has him all done up in green and looks like the doc the Dr. Je or the Mr. Hyde end of it. I remember that cartoon pretty well, actually. Yep. Yep. Grew yep. Up on a very steady diet of, of those reruns. Um, yeah, I, I kind of want to see um, two more out of that line. You know, I'd like to see the Wicked Witch one and the Vampire one. Oh, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> speak, speaking of um, the Looney Tunes, the, uh, and I know that this was a little while ago, but I really love the Gossamer. Uh, I think that was from the yep. specialty series. Yep. I have him. Yeah, that, that one is really cool. Speaking yep. of sculpts, that's an awesome sculpt. Yeah, yep. They did a fantastic job. And I'm a Marvin the Martian guy, too, and I, I've got so many, it's almost scary in reality. <laughs> he took the words right out of my mouth, actually. I was going to say that the uh, Marvin the Martian is probably uh, my favorite from that particular line. Again, it comes down to the sculpt. That's, that's kind of my thing. I, I love a good sculpt. I don't know if you remember um, the re-release of the Masters of the Universe line. I think it was back in 2002. The uh, the Four Horsemen did the sculpts for the Masters of the Universe line, and they were just outstanding. And I had to have them for that reason alone. Sure. Um, but yeah, so sculpt is, is definitely one of those things for me. Um, so if that is your most prized pop, what would you say is your most prized collectible? I have a original 1977 R2-D2 radio-controlled uh, figurine in the box 
prime, never been touched. Okay, wow. That I I wasn't expecting that, but that is awesome. I was uh, 10 years old when I got it, and it went up in a shelf, and it never left. <laughs> so you knew right from the get-go then. You, you really have been doing this for a while. Yep, pretty much. My mom used to get mad at me growing up because she'd be like, I, she, I buy you all these bleeping toys, and you never play with any of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see. You'll see. So out of uh, so with with that collection, I mean that's three thousand pops. How do you curate them? How uh, how do you handle a, a collection of pops of that magnitude? I have a Excel spreadsheet, and they're all broken down in category: commons and GameStop exclusives, Walgreens, etc. And then they are all boxed in protectors and in totes. I have I do have a question, um, sure uh, about that and and I'm sorry I keep I keep going back to the pops because it's just I can't I, every time I think <laughs> I move on I, I'm trying to picture uh, three thousand pops and I'm having a really hard time doing it because I'm looking now at the room around me in terms of uh, of cubed space and I'm I'm kind of struggling with it um, so do you have a rotating display? Um, do you have select pops from that spreadsheet that you'll pop out, uh, excuse the, the pun, and, uh, and put on display? We do. Uh, we're very careful what we choose to take out. Um, we usually don't open any unless it's a damaged box, and then I let Mason open them, and he puts them up in his room, and uh, he has a OOB display uh, as far as inside a box. Um, we have a pretty large home. Uh, we have a downstairs that has a 16 by 20 room that's pretty much exclusive to what we call our shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have all the totes in one area, and then we have a desk with some of them out and sitting around. And anytime he wants to look at them or we want to check them out, we pretty much know where they're at because they're all marked and, and categorized. That's awesome. Spoken in the spirit of a, a true collector, that is for sure. It's funny you mentioned Excel spreadsheets. I have an affinity for uh, Excel spreadsheets, and I think I really believe that that has. I think the two are correlated: the affinity for the software and collecting. Yep, that's it's definitely a bug. Um, <laughs> now, are there any are there any unique details of your collection that you think uh, that those listening might uh, might care to know? Not really. I mean, you know, besides the mass quantity of them it's uh it's kind of hard to just specifically pick out something that's unique because everything has its own little uniqueness behind it its own little story on why we collected it um you know the commons to finish sets other ones to try to outdo each other um other ones to try to beat out flippers, <laughs> you know, like on Wednesdays when they pop up, that's it's getting to the point where it's almost impossible to grab a an exclusive anymore. Yeah, I, I have I have been to the Funko World headquarters in Everett, Washington twice. Um, we have family that's out there, and I did a live Facebook feed last spring break when I was out there and put it on the Cantina. And uh, 
I love going out there because there's it's a place where if you go out there and check it out, they have everything and they don't just have Funko shop exclusives. They'll have the Targets in there. They'll have the Walgreens in there. They'll have the Walmarts in there. And it gives you an opportunity to kind of find ones that you might not be able to find anywhere else. That is really cool. I did not know that about the uh, Funko headquarters. That that is that's going to be a trip worth taking, I think. Oh uh, yeah, it'd be a good time to go. Is during the uh, Emerald City Comic Con too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Two, I'm good. two birds with one stone. <laughs> I still haven't uh, haven't had an opportunity to do that, but it is going to happen. Uh, speaking of, uh, I think, and and you'll have to forgive my. Um, my lack of geographical knowledge, uh, the Star Wars Celebration 2019 might be a little bit closer to you guys this year, or next year, I'm sorry. Uh, um, is that anything that you guys are interested in, or is that something that you'll be visiting? We're, you know, we're so wrapped up with uh, with a lot of other family things that it becomes difficult, and we kind of have to break it down and pick and choose. And one of their one of their favorite things is going out to the Seattle area for spring break and going through the Funko headquarters. So we're probably just going to stay on that end of it. Yeah, I guess that is. I think it is April, so that's right around the spring break uh, spring break time, as it were. It's funny you mentioned Hastings. I don't think we have any of those down here, and I don't think I've uh, I've seen one in quite a while. It was, hmm, I guess it's been almost 12 years since I was out your way. The the last one shut down in, in our town about three years ago, and of course we went in there and picked up everything we possibly could. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure that you did. I would have done the same. Uh, yeah, I uh, I was out there. Yeah, probably about 12 years ago, and uh, it's amazing how how different the country is. Even you're you're still in the same country, and yet um, almost everything around you has changed. Like like I said, Hastings is not something that we've got over here on the east coast, and and if there is, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I think they're done. I think they declared bankruptcy. Well, that's that's a shame. You know, uh, speaking of the, uh, I would imagine that some of those Toys R Us exclusives are going to be uh, a little bit harder to come by at this point. Yep, they are. Uh, so, have you noticed a change in value after uh, Toys R Us decided that, uh, that they couldn't hack it? There, there's a few. You know, um, a lot of people look at pop price guide and stashpedia and all of those and you know it's like when i grew up as a kid i was a a big miami dolphin fan and i wanted all the dan marino football cards and i was trading all the john elways and price didn't mean anything it 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 truly is what you want to collect versus Mm -hmm. what the going price is um i did managed to go to a Toys R Us in Silverdale, Washington during spring break, and they must have been shutting down their uh, contract with the building because they were 70 to 90% off. Wow. So I managed to get a few uh, exclusive Star Wars, Toys R Us stuff, and like any typical collector, it got boxed up and put away. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, man, it's it's almost a sickness, isn't it? Yeah, it tr- truly is. <laughs> so I had asked you if there were any unique details about your collection, and um, and I really appreciated your answer. But I have a, a question in the same vein for you, and uh, just considering, what would you say has been your most unique experience obtaining a pop? And has has there been one that has a strange story attached attached to it that you'd like to share? 
or perhaps not strange, <laughs> but eventful or, <laughs> you know, fraught with, uh, with peril and misfortune? You know, um, to be honest, uh, we've, we've never had any huge issues, but there, there is a specific person at uh, our target in Missoula that manages to know when everything is arriving, which is not difficult to figure out if you if you know how to do brick seek and stuff like that. And uh, the problem is, is she's a very rude older lady, and she walks in and tries to grab all of them. And supposedly Target's policy is they don't sell the resellers, so mm-hmm. they they made it so that you were only allowed one per person because of me and my wife. We were in there the same time that she was in there when Crota first came out for the Destiny line, and she tried to grab them all. And we just wanted one to complete our kids' uh, Destiny set. And the lady refused to give it up. She absolutely refused to give it up. And so uh, later on, she's talking to my wife, and... My wife goes, well, we just want one for our boy. And she goes, well, what else does he collect? And we're kind of talking to her. And she goes, well, here, here's my business card. Check me out online. Oh, wow. And I was like, you're showing a business card inside of a store when you haven't even purchased the items yet. So I, we kind of went up and talked to management about it a little bit. And that's when they started doing the one per person. And the cool thing about it, and I know it doesn't happen at every Target in the world, was that uh, they had another run come in, and they actually know me pretty well, and they held one for me uh, so that we could get one for our boy. That, well, that's awesome. I'm glad that, that that has, I guess, a happier ending to it. Right. <laughs> very frustrating when you have these. I don't even know. I, I've kind of been out of it for a little bit, so I don't know if there's a term for these people, and if there isn't, there really needs to be. Um, I mean, you've mentioned Flipper, but that's yep. kind of – that's not good enough. <laughs> you know, that's not a that's not a, a, a derisive enough term for these these particular fiends. Well, uh, this is a fa- this is a family show, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that's uh, and that's the thing of it, you know. Um, it it seems to me when when I was collecting, it was uh, the way that you got ahead was, of course, you would follow one of the most basic tenets, and that was. The early bird gets the worm. Sure. Um, and apart from that, it was building and establishing and then maintaining uh, relationships um, and within a network. And that that's kind of how it got done, you know. Um, and most people were generally really cool with each other because sometimes you would show up uh, on truck day, you know, and, uh, you, you know, um, you, you kind of help, helped each other out a little bit. And now I've right. noticed, and this is a little sad. Uh, and the pop collecting community, um, or just the hobby in general, there doesn't seem to be as much of that. Um, I've noticed that there's there's kind of a lot of underhandedness when it comes to um, comes to picking up those pops, like the uh, I guess the chases and the store exclusives, sure. particularly in in places that rhyme with hot topic. Um, <laughs> so you know, with that being said, that's actually um, which brings me to another point. That's that's one of the reasons why I know I appreciate Collector Zone, um, because they they seem to really take the time in helping you find those items that you're looking for and, and hunting down those harder to find pops. I remember I was talking to Marcos. Um, I guess it was 
the last New York Comic Con. Um, forgive me, I don't remember specifically, but I mean, those guys are, you know, they're up at all hours of the night, um, you know, waiting for those things to go on sale and, and, you know, making sure that everybody can get one that wants one, you know, because yep. I, I, I could not be awake. <laughs> they, they are definitely up 24 seven. And, and the other thing about it is that, um, you know, Marcos and his crew put in all that effort, but if you really like look at that Facebook page and watch all the stuff. It's kind of cool because everybody shows what they're collecting or what they've received in the mail from them. And every once in a while, you'll see somebody put something on that'll be like, hey, this just popped up on Entertainment Earth. If anybody's interested, here's the link. So so it's given, you know, it's given everybody that that feeling that there are people out there that are willing to help out other collectors and not screw over other collectors. Right. And I mean, that's, that's a big part of it. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to getting, or rather I should say, uh, into participating a lot more. Um, I've got a little bit more time, uh, now, which is, uh, actually one of the things that has made this production possible. So very thankful for that and very grateful. Um, and again, looking forward to, um, and to be in a, a, I guess, a more active participant in the cantina. Uh, Marcos and I are working on some things, and uh, I think you guys are probably going to be be pretty stoked about what we are able to put together. It's still kind of in the developmental stages, but I think that um, I think it's something you guys are going to see pretty soon. And uh, and again, I want to thank you, Daryl, for for taking your time and and uh, you know being here this evening and and talking with me. It's been it has been a blast. Oh, it's definitely my pleasure. I, I love helping them out, and I, I love chatting about Pops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to say uh, as far as um, the things that you know we've covered, obviously, and uh, anything that you're looking forward to, or um, you know, what's uh, what, what's what's going on? What are you looking forward to? Um, you know. <laughs> Besides the the San Diego Comic Con that's coming up, I, I really think they're they're hitting all the right spots. They they just came out with the uh, the quantum mechanics and the Q figs, and those things are going to cost me a bundle because they are fantastic looking. And, yeah. and and I'm looking forward to seeing more of those in the future. And then with the new five star, they look very interesting as well. Um, I know that they're in the process of. Uh, trying to open up a shop over there. I would love for some time to uh, head out that way and check that out and maybe work it into my schedule so I can actually meet those guys face-to-face -face and, and uh, tell them thank you for all that they do for all the collectors and everybody in the uh, cantina. Absolutely. That's going to bring a whole new whole new dimension to things, I'm sure. And I know I myself, I, I would certainly like to, to make, it, make it out there because that would be, <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things you just have to do. Yeah, for sure. But with that said, uh, I think that uh, we're just about out of time for this particular segment. Uh, I'm very glad that we were able to do it, and I'm, I'm very thankful, again, for you taking the time and being here. And uh, just, uh, you know, thank you very much. You bet. Thank you. I appreciate it. That is this month's show, folks. Big thanks to Daryl for joining us, and thanks to you all for listening, of course. Again, I want to encourage you folks to join the Collector Zone Cantina on Facebook. Look them up by searching Collector Zone, which is C-O-L-L-E-C-T-O-R-Z-O-W-N. See what they did there? 
and join the exclusive Cantina group. Make sure you follow us also on Facebook and Instagram by searching SG Cards and Toys. There you'll be able to keep up with uh, what we're doing. You can view photos of the things that we've talked about, keep up with any contests we may have going on, etc., uh, etc. Et also, you can send us an email at sgcardsandtoys at gmail.com if you are so inclined. We're going to be working closely with Collector Zone from this point on, and we're going to roll out some neat stuff and really amp up those giveaways, so that is coming. Also, our solo discussion and in-depth review is forthcoming, and I'm really looking forward to that, so make sure you catch us next time. Uh, I think we'll probably have, uh, have the old man on again, Steve Marcotte. He is a very entertaining fellow, and I was very happy to have him on uh, last December, so that's going to be really fun, really cool. Uh, well, there you have it. Once more, I've been your host, Grayson Parker Marcotte. Thank you for listening to the Sleeping Giant Podcast. Y'all be well, and until next time.